welcome to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, co-hosted by yours truly, Kate Richardson and Megan Pachecki. We're two registered dietitians here to make your life easier by debunking diet myths, sharing scientific information about nutrition, and keeping you motivated to reach your goals. We want to teach you everything we know by giving you real-life examples of how we've helped our combined thousands of clients transform their lives, lose weight, and get healthy without having to go on another cookie-cutter diet. On this podcast, we'll be giving you our best advice, strategies, and mindset shifts so you too can reach your goals using food and most importantly, enjoy the process. Welcome back to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. I'm so excited for this episode because it's unlike any episode we've ever done here on the Nutrition Awareness Podcast before, though there is one tiny elephant in the room I have to acknowledge before we get into it, and that's that I haven't been very consistent with the podcast episodes. So if you've listened to the last few, we were in the middle of a hormone health series. We were talking about fertility and what to eat during your menstrual cycle, uh, talking about thyroid health. And I'm not gonna lie, doing the podcast by myself, I just wasn't feeling very inspired. I started recording one and then it was just like a flop and I kept putting it off, but we're taking a pause in the hormone health series today. I promise I'll pick it back up. But the reason why we're not talking about that is because we have a brand new pediatric and maternal specialist dietitian on the nutrition awareness team named Allie. And she's gonna come on the podcast today and talk to us about healthy eating for teens. And I wanna introduce her to you all. So here she is, here's Allie. (laughs) Hi everyone, I'm Allie, uh, the new dietitian on the nutrition awareness team. I'm so excited to start interacting with all of you. Like Kate said, I'm certified in maternal and child nutrition, so if you have any teens out there that need some healthy eating advice, maybe they're an athletic teen and they need some guidance there, I'm your girl. Love it, yeah. So, you know, we get a lot of calls. The the reason we wanted to bring Allie on is because we get a lot of calls um, about parents who want to bring in maybe their 11-year-old or their 15-year-old. And, you know, sometimes we have the capacity to take on teens, but it's great that you're here and you're a specialist and you can really help us out. And our goal for today is to just talk to parents who might be listening to this episode about healthy snacking for teens. Because, you know, Allie, in your health coaching now and from what I see with teens and parents now, snacking is a pro- I want to call it a problem area, but it's the area with the greatest room of improvement um, for kids from what I'm seeing. Yeah, and it's and I think a lot of it is related to kids are just so busy with school and you know different sports and they just feel as though that they don't have time to eat. You know, they're rushing out for the bus stop and they're busy during the school day. Maybe mom didn't pack lunch and now they're eating chips and salsa from the cafeteria. Um, So I think snacking is just a big thing for them because sometimes that's all that they have. Yeah, that's a huge trend that I see too is kids just kind of like rushing around, grabbing what's ever there. And I mean, at schools, I feel like it's getting a little bit better. I haven't been in a school in a while, but there's still, from what I hear from clients, a ton of junk. Mm -hmm. And then another trend I see a lot is kids skipping breakfast or thinking that an energy drink like Celsius or like an iced coffee is breakfast enough. And then they get all the sugar cravings and junk food cravings later in the day. It just becomes this whole cycle. 
Yeah. And, you know, they're getting that dip in their blood sugar, too. Mm -hmm. So they're being, you know, they might not realize that their shakiness isn't just from the caffeine, Mm -hmm. but a lack of energy and a lack of carbohydrates. And, you know, it's difficult for them to perform in school and to focus in school because they're just not feeling themselves properly. Yeah. You know, I kind of get it because I think back, I'm like, how did I feel when I was like a 15-year-old girl in high school? Like, I didn't really want to eat. I remember using the excuse of like not having an appetite or I would want to sleep as late as possible and then just get to school and then grab something from the school cafeteria or like our high school had like a little convenience shop where you get like pop tarts and granola bars so I didn't care about breakfast then and so that's one of the biggest hurdles I hear from parents is like my kid won't even get up early enough to brush her teeth how am I supposed to get her to eat something that's balanced right or even the the teachers they don't want kids eating in the classroom Mm -hmm. and maybe what they brought with them is is what they're planning to have during first period yeah and you know it's it's definitely very difficult for kids and especially if as they get older and become teens they don't want to get out of bed in the morning so having something quick and easy like you know prepping muffins ahead of time Mm -hmm. or you know breakfast burritos for the parents things that they can throw in the microwave and Mm -hmm. eat on the way into school or smoothies they can sip it on you know the bus Mm -hmm. just easy things that they don't have to prepare ahead of time and can just that grab and go mentality. Yeah, that's what it's got to be when when I think about kids, and this is true with adults too. Like mm-hmm. people want things that are convenient and taste good. We want to think that everybody's being health conscious all the time, but consumer reports and just anecdotal experience in my case is, if it's not quick and if it doesn't taste good, people aren't going to eat it, and I feel like that is extra true for teenagers, mm-hmm. right? Like if you offer them a, you know a plain bran waffle with you know whatever they're not going to be into it they're not going to eat it i remember i i do some nutrition presentations for a local crew team a rowing team and just talking about you know how to plan how to eat healthy and i get so much pushback on morning fuel these kids were trying to argue with me in like a fun joking way right they're like what do you mean like our coffee isn't energy what do you mean it's not fuel what do you mean it doesn't taste good why can't i or that it's not the best option for me why can't i just have my celsius and so we had to talk about how caffeine isn't actual fuel and it actually mm-hmm. can suppress your appetite it can give you that jittery feeling it can give you that high but then there's always a crash and usually that crash involves wanting sugar, refined junk, convenience foods. Right, you're trying to make up for what you missed out on Mm -hmm. for nearly half the day. Mm -hmm. And we see this with adults all the time too. Adults grab coffee, they sit down at their desk, next thing they know it's 12 o'clock and they haven't ate anything. Mm -hmm. And then later in the day we find people are trying to make up for it. People are overindulging at dinner time or kids are overindulging for after school snack Mm -hmm. um, because they're trying to make up for that loss of energy throughout Mm -hmm. the day. Yeah, this is where, you know, I think parents who mean well will want to lecture their kids, right? Like, you know better, you know you shouldn't eat these things, you know that Lay's potato chips aren't doing anything for you, nag, nag, nag. And we know, first of all, kids are always going to rebel, especially teenagers. Mm -hmm. But second of all, this is true for anyone. You can consciously know something isn't the optimal choice. We all consciously can recognize that a Kit Kat bar is not 
nutritious, but when you're in that state of being hungry because you skipped meals and you suppressed your appetite with caffeine, you're going to forget everything you know and your body's just going to take over mm-hmm. and teens are even less aware of this. So lecturing them, you might as well just save your breath. Right. And also it, you know, develops an unhealthy relationship mm-hmm. with food, saying that certain po- certain foods are bad for you mm-hmm. and certain foods are good for you creates this very unhealthy relationship and so it's not necessarily about saying no and not allowing kids to have these things it's about what can we add to their Mm -hmm. diet what nutritious foods could we add to you know their snacks and if they want to have a handful of Doritos okay yeah you know but what can we add with things and not necessarily Mm. take away I love that so much I mean that's important for anybody really Mm -hmm. but especially kids because their friends are eating Doritos. They're not thinking about the long term. They're thinking in short term, always. Kids think short term even more so than we do. So if we sit there and try to tell them the long term or even day long consequences of eating Doritos, there it's gonna go one in one ear and out the other. So I love that. It's okay, well, you can have some Doritos, like go for it, but I also want you to experience fullness or I want you to have good energy for sports, for school, for going out with your friends. Let's talk about what actually provides you with that. Right, and I think it's important, too, to kind of put the ball in their core and let them pick, hey, you know, what fruits do you like? What do you want Mm -hmm. me to have in the house? If they can have some sort of control about the situation, then they feel like they're being heard and they're being valued and they're getting some sort of independence, Mm -hmm. too, which as kids get older and they become teenagers, they want that independence. They Mm -hmm. don't want to feel like, oh, I just have to have what mom put on my plate. Yep. I want to be part of choosing that process. That reminds me of a client I had last week. So um, I've been seeing her for a while. She's, I want to say, a sophomore, junior in high school. And she comes in with her mom. She's a cheerleader. She does a lot of cheer. I mean, some days up to five hours of practice after school. So we have to be really meticulous about how we plan her meals and plan her snacks, make sure she's fueled, make sure she understands why she needs to eat the things she needs to eat to be successful. And uh, one of the big things that we would come across is her desire for autonomy, though she didn't directly say that. You know, her mom would say, well, why don't you eat all this? And she would like passively agree. (laughs) Oh, sure. Yeah, I'll eat the avocado toast and egg. I'll tell you that here in the office in front of my dietitian, but when push comes to shove, she wanted to make her own choices. So in the office, I had to ask her directly, like, well, what do you want for breakfast? Like, what tastes good to you after, you know, what you've learned? What do you want to prepare for yourself? And she came up with a smoothie recipe that was just, you know, random, made sense. We tweaked it a little bit. It was all her, and now that's something that she likes. It was inspired by something she gets from Smoothie King. Right. So helping teens really take initiative because they might tell you what you want to hear, um, but they might not follow through. Right. And it's funny, as you start to see adults, they almost want to revert back to that kid phase mm-hmm. and have us tell them exactly what to mm-hmm. eat and yeah. what their meal should look like. And they don't want that independence yeah. or to take control. And, yeah. and you're kind of like, wait, <laughs> why don't you want to make the decisions yourself? And when we do work with whether it's kids or adults, they have to decide what they like to eat because me telling them to eat broccoli, if they don't like it, we're not going to go anywhere. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you know what? I never like put that piece together that all these parents are like telling their kids what to eat, but then they want us to do that. And I think it's because a lot of parents, especially women, I I just, just generalizing here, have this like 
repressed, rebellious spirit. You know, sometimes I bring it up mm-hmm. to clients. I'm like, were you like kind of a rebel or do you go against the <laughs> grain? Because they'll tell me, give me exactly what I need to eat. So even if I give them recipes or whatnot, they'll still like just want to fight me on it. But they are really nice about it. And it's because a lot of people just want to exercise autonomy, mm-hmm. but they have decision fatigue. And so they have to right. figure out the, how to balance it. Right. And that decision fatigue, I think, does play more of a role as we get older because we mm-hmm. have unfortunately more decisions to make every day but you know you and i were talking before we even started this podcast episode so funny that we have this similarity so i I make notes for the podcast and Allie was reading over uh, one of them and i i wrote how in my high school uh, we had the business class and they would for a few periods each day sell i think that's like otis munkemeyer that's what it was right that's right (gasps) yes the three big cookies like three hefty warm ooey gooey cookies in a bag and you could get it three for a dollar and they would smell so good in the hallway and there were so many like treats and and options in high school and that was one of them and i would just like eat those three or four times a week right and i mean you couldn't say no the whole hallway smelled like freshly baked chocolate cookies yeah and in my high school i'm i'm from cleveland and there's a there's a company called Mally's there, and our high school would sell Mally's chocolate bars. Mm-hmm. They were a dollar in the bookstore, and every day after lunch, we wanted that sweet treat, mm-hmm. and we'd go in there and get a dollar Mally's chocolate bar because it was available. It was easy to access, mm-hmm. and everyone else was doing it, yeah. and kids liked to fit in. Yeah, that's huge. That's hard. You know, whenever it comes to those kinds of things, again, parents, we want to tell our kids, like, don't eat the chocolate every single day. It's not good for your teeth, blah, blah, blah. But what actually works better is to have a conversation about it. So instead of saying, you know, why do you have a chocolate bar every single day? It's, you know, I know that, you know, running track's really important to you, or I know you're trying to get a 4.0 this semester. You know, how do you feel after you eat a bunch of sugar? You know, do you feel like you're performing at your best? Uh, I know that when I eat those kinds of things, I feel really sluggish. What's your experience? And so giving them the platform to reflect. And so even if right away they're like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know anything. At least you're planting that seed and you can have that conversation over and over again. And they'll pick up on it. They'll start to notice. Yeah. And I think it's so important to just ask them how they feel Mm -hmm. and how the food choices make them feel after they eat it Mm -hmm. because it gives them that independence. Mm -hmm. They're becoming more self-aware, which Mm -hmm. we want. Um, And it also gives them the chance to say how they're feeling and not just associate how we feel and, you know, them taking our feelings and making them their own, if that makes sense. They need to be in charge of of doing it themselves. Um, and that makes me think of someone else that I recently was working with who's an adult now. But when she was a kid, her mother never wanted to eat carbs and mm-hmm. talked about how bad carbs were for her. So even into her adulthood, she had this relationship instilled in her about carbs. But carbs never made her feel mm-hmm. bad, but they made her mom feel bad. Mm-hmm. So she adopted those feelings yeah. instead of you know being taught to see how it made her feel from Mm -hmm. the beginning. You know, Mm -hmm. it might make your mom not feel good, but how did it make you Mm -hmm. feel as a kid? And because she never had that experience, you know, all the way into adulthood, she had this terrible relationship Mm -hmm. with food because it was instilled in her at such a young age. Yeah, I I empathize with both people in that story so much because mom probably was coming from, like, a good place Mm -hmm. of, you know, I, I had this one mother 
who was my client for a while, deathly scared of carbs, all about dieting, so into diet culture, had her teen come in and wanted her teen to just learn about balanced, healthy eating. And I was like, this is a mismatch in the home. You're cutting carbs. I'm here telling your daughter to eat carbs and her too, right? But the mom was afraid. Right. So I think mom had had this experience in high school where she was overweight and it caused her pain and she associated, you know, her traumatic adolescent experiences that we all go through to her weight. And then she found the solution, or she thought the solution to her weight was to cut carbs. So in her mind, she was saving her daughter from the same pain she went through by teaching her daughter not to eat carbs. And it's just, it came from a good place. And we had to approach it from a different way of, you know, hey, this is the science. This is the truth. The weight isn't coming from carbs. It's from a lot of things. And your daughter's a different person. Right. So I think a lot of times parents mean well. It just isn't always internalized that way for kiddos right no and they definitely do and you know you know maybe carbs did make her feel sluggish you know but kids the moral of the story is kids pick up on everything Mm -hmm. they hear you they see what you're doing um but that goes for healthy behaviors too totally and if you can model healthy behaviors from a young age and you know, instill in them to have a good relationship of with food. And, you know, there's no good foods, there's no bad foods, but we can have balance. Mm-hmm. Um, kids will pick up on that and hopefully take that into yeah. their adulthood. You know, this is just from my own experience. The best gift I wish I would have gotten as a kid was to never have anyone talk about food in the house. Like... To go into adulthood without a food complex would have been my dream come true. Granted, I'm grateful for it because it is why I'm a dietitian and it worked out great. But, right. you know, at the end of the day, it's like, man, and that is such a gift to give your kids is to not give them a complex around food. Mm-hmm. You know, I was writing about this the other day. I was thinking about this. You as a parent, especially if you're a same-sex parent, so if you're like a mom to a daughter, a dad to a son, you're your child's first model of like what it means to be a woman, right? And so Mm -hmm. if you are modeling that being a woman means cutting carbs, criticizing your body, talking about your weight, dieting, trying to be small, putting all of your emphasis on your weight and how you look, then your child absorbs that and then they go into the life thinking, oh, to be a woman, I must do this. To be acceptable and worthy, I have to do this. And so the less that you can talk about food being bad or any food being bad or your body being bad I just think that is such a gift you could give your kids no it is and I think now more than ever people are more aware of that Mm -hmm. and back then maybe people weren't as aware of how you talk to yourself but as you know generations have gone on we're more we're more self-aware yeah we like to practice self-love, or at least try to. Yeah, um, post about but, it. <laughs> right. But back then, Mm-mm. I don't think it was as common or as well known. I see a lot of the Generation Zs make fun of their parents, um, and they say, yeah, you can't hurt me. I grew up with a, just a handful of almonds, Mom. And I laugh at that because what they're saying is there was this trend and I remember it too, because I would get in, I, I would partake, is, you know, when you're hungry, just eat a handful of almonds. Like that was the diet advice. And so kids drink now- drink a glass of water. Yeah, drink a glass <laughs> of water. Yeah, same thing, right? Yeah. Um, and it's like kids are seeing now how unhelpful and, you know, to use 
the trendy terminology toxic that is. Yeah. So kids are recognizing that and they'll call you out. So I think it's a, <laughs> that's it's a good. good thing. Yeah. That's if, like good. if you're hungry, you eat more than almonds. Unless almonds is what you want. Right. Um, and that makes me kind of go back to just like the busy lifestyle mm-hmm. and the grab and go. And it makes me think of, you know, when I was a kid, I, you know, was a dancer and I was constantly on the run, just mm-hmm. constantly. And not that I had known back then, but I was scared to eat certain things because mm-hmm. I didn't want to feel sick when I was working mm-hmm. out. I didn't want to feel sick during my dance competition. It was more of like that fear of mm. how is this going to make me feel? Yeah. And I think kids that are especially athletes still have some of that fear Mm -hmm. or maybe they don't want to eat before they go to school because Mm -hmm. they're scared of how they're going to feel in their classes Mm -hmm. and you know and so I think a lot of sometimes the fears around food are related to how they make you feel as well totally I'd love that you bring that point up because you might not even think to ask your kid that, you mm-hmm. know, because I'm sure you said you weren't aware of it as a kid. No. Yeah. So, you know, I think these are great, like, car ride home conversations. You know, what kind of foods make you feel really good before practice? You know, what do you like? Or, you know, when you're dancing, do you feel hungry? Do you feel uncomfortably full? Like, let's find a solution for you. So asking those questions and getting kids to verbalize what they might be thinking is a great yeah. way to start if you don't know how to start. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, kind of reassuring them too um, and maybe giving them the knowledge and tips of, hey, you know, before you work out, like this is what, you know, could fuel you properly Mm -hmm. and giving them examples, but letting them have the choice of Mm -hmm. what they want to pick and choose. So, you know, before 30 minutes before you go to a dance competition, you know, maybe we want, we want to have some simple, easily digested carbs and a little bit of protein. Maybe we want to have like peanut mm. butter toast or mm-hmm. peanut butter and banana or something yeah. like that. Um, so giving kids like the tips and the tools to make knowledgeable decisions too. What if they're resistant to your healthy options? What if you are suggesting something like, you know, why don't you have some CD crackers and hummus? Mm-hmm. What if they're like, ew, gross, I want Cheez-Its. <laughs> hey, well, maybe they can have some Cheez-Its, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, allow them to have that. Cool. And then ask them, how did that make you feel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and if throw they the feel ball, good, then they feel good. Then they feel good. Yeah, mm-hmm. you throw the ball back in their court, right? Because they like that control. They like totally. to have that independence. So you let them make the decision, and then you throw the ball in their court. How did mm-hmm. that make you feel? Mm-hmm. I love it. And don't deny their reality. You know, Mm-mm. if their reality is, yeah, I felt fine. Then, then they okay. feel fine. Yeah. If you want to bring it up again in a couple weeks or so, right. sure, fine, go for it. But don't keep badgering them. That doesn't make a difference. No, and then I would encourage the parent too, you know, if they're exercising, you know, model good behaviors mm-hmm. and maybe your child might get curious mm-hmm. about what you are doing mm-hmm. and try it themselves too. Ooh, or maybe yeah. they won't. But maybe they won't, maybe they won't. But maybe they will, you know. A great angle that that makes. I feel like that would work really well with, like, kids. Maybe with teens, they might... I don't know. Maybe it's different these days. But I think you could even find a role model, especially if it's, like, sports or academic related. You know, thinking, like, well, would... I'm trying to think of somebody, like, really smart. I don't know why nobody's coming to mind. (laughs) But an athlete would be an obvious choice, right? Like, their favorite athlete, kind of, like, looking and seeing what they're eating or talking about that. 
talking with a sports dietitian too and just saying like, hey, like what should my athlete be eating as an athlete? What, doing your own research and then presenting that to the kids being like, hey, this is what your favorite athlete's eating. This is what so-and-so is eating. Mm-hmm. That would make a lot of sense for what you're trying to achieve. So if they've got a goal or a passion or something they really care about, then you can use that as a a topic starter. Yeah. And kids do have role models. I mean, their Mm -hmm. first role model, like you said, is always their parents. Mm -hmm. But kids will have other role models. And they might have an older role model on the sports team. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, And might want to see, you know, what they're doing. I know Mm -hmm. for for me, when I was – um, in grade school, our parents were actually in charge of giving our uh, snacks. Yep. <laughs> and so that's kind of a good time, too, if you're a parent, to maybe start to model, yeah. you know, those healthy behaviors and instill that in them and bring the healthier stuff and and encourage the kids, too, when they're done. Hey, how did that make you feel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, what'd you think? how'd you like that? Yeah. And get some feedback from them and kind of just start to instill that relationship with with food in a good way. Yep. I will say parents from my school, I remember that we would they would bring like those big snack variety packs. <laughs> Pretzels and chewy bars are not nutritious options, FYI. Right. And you know those veggie straws? And what else do I see a lot of parents bring? Like oh like like cheddar popcorn like just because it's yeah. 80 calories like that's not giving your kids anything. No. Um so those aren't the best options. You can do better. Right. But it's funny because I think of one of my friend's moms who, before volleyball practice, she gave us um, oranges Mm -hmm. and string cheese. Yeah, easy. And I can still, you know, I don't know, 15 years later, remember that. And so you never know who you're going to um, inspire and leave an everlasting impact with. Yeah, she might become a dietitian if yeah. you're talking about you on a podcast <laughs> in the future. Okay, so that's a good t- way to talk about other easy snack options, right? The good formula is to just think protein and fiber. Mm-hmm. You can mix and match a source of protein and fiber. You're going to be in, in good shape. Right. So a piece of fruit and a string cheese are those like Baby Bell cheese wheels. Perfect. Dime. Big fan of like seedy crackers and veggies with hummus or taking that ranch powder dip and putting that in plain Greek yogurt. Kids really like that. It's just a higher protein alternative to ranch dressing. Perfect. Doing like apple peanut butter, Mm -hmm. banana peanut butter. If they're allergic to peanut butter, you know the alternatives, sunflower, almond butter. Any of those are great. Uh, You could do even um, Kind Bars. Mm -hmm. Kind Bars are great options. Lara Bars are good. I don't know how well they'll go over with the little ones, but teens might like them. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Yeah, a lot of kids who like those. Yeah, they're great. Smoothies, easy. Greek yogurt. Yep, Greek yogurt. Um, if you have a good teen, they'll eat cottage cheese. Cool. I don't think I ate that when I was a teen. I love <laughs> you know what I think I did? You my did? Mom did. Oh, see? There you go. You Shout out, Mom. <laughs> With pineapple? Chef's kiss. Yeah, it's so good. So good. You know what's funny? My dad hated cottage cheese, and my mom loved it, and I took my dad's side. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I was just like a daddy's girl. Um, you know what I love is those Kodiak power waffles too those are so good for like a breakfast on the go just pop those in the toaster um pair it with a piece of fruit or put some nut butter on top your kid can have that on their way to school or in between practices if they've got a toaster at home right and even these options can go you know for for morning snack Mm -hmm. you know if they need something easy grab and go throw in their school backpack easy peasy lemon squeezy (laughs) um you know i was just thinking about this as we were talking about it 
there there have been some teens that I have come in, especially in, in sports like cheer and dance and gymnastics, where there's a lot of emphasis on weight, or maybe they're in outfits that make them feel insecure, uh, and they might have some disordered eating habits. A lot of times I'll see, the, like with the crew team, they have to make weight. So they have to be a certain weight to be in certain boats. And so they're constantly looking for, for weight. And that is really hard. Um, one of the things that I see happens a lot with these girls and boys, but especially the girls, is they don't eat all day to save their calories. And then they end up um, overeating at night. And I remember that was like me as a teenager, I would skip all day because I wanted to be thin. I was obsessed with that um, body image. And then I would just come home and I would just eat a bunch of stuff before my parents got home or eat after they went to bed. And it can be really frustrating for teens. So, you know, if you're wondering that or if you're seeing that and you're observing that, um, I would definitely, you know, talk to your teenager, kind of to ask them how they're feeling. Know that they're seeing a lot of things like this on the social, social media. media. Yeah, a lot of misinformation out there. And all I can say is get them to talk to a dietitian early. ASAP. Yeah. Yeah, the earlier worse. you can, yeah, the earlier you can recognize this and start the conversation mm-hmm. around food the better because yeah. they will carry these into oh, yeah. their adult years. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's one of those things where anybody who goes through like a binge eating type cycle feels very isolated and alone and ashamed. Mm-hmm. So if an adult has trouble admitting that, a teenager is going to think she's the only one on earth who is dealing with this problem and she might not even have words to describe it. I think teens now are just a little bit more aware because they can see that stuff um, online. They can learn about certain conditions. But if you're noticing that, I mean, you have to get her help as soon as possible. And I've had a lot of girls come in here who struggle with that. And just teaching them about how food impacts cravings makes such a difference in then being able to tackle some of the body image and self-esteem struggles that just come with being a teen girl sometimes. Yeah, and I think, too, I often... I often will tell people that I'm working with, too, because weight is just such a big thing. Mm-hmm. People are so obsessed with the number on the scale. And I think, you know, as we start to talk about food and what foods are good for you, I like to measure success in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Like, yeah. weight is one measurement you can use, but there's so many other ways. Like, how are you feeling? How's your energy? Are you sleeping throughout mm-hmm. the day? Mm-hmm. Are you feeling less stressed yeah. about your food choices? I mean, there's so many ways that we can talk to them about how they can measure success mm-hmm. without stepping on a scale. Totally. And I think that goes a far way with them. How are you feeling during your cheer tryouts? Mm-hmm. How are you feeling during practice? Mm-hmm. You know, recognizing those those inner feelings can go farther with them. Yeah. I, I've said this like three times already, but I do think kids now and teens now are way more receptive to that. Mm-hmm. They're just so much more self-aware. It blows me away. There is one thing that always sends off my spidey senses. I think these kids are smart sometimes. They know that we know that they might be struggling with body image. So they'll come in saying, you know, I I feel bloated. I hear that term a lot. They feel bloated. Um, they want to learn how to eat to not be bloated. And not always, but many times I'll say, well, what does bloated feel like for you? And they'll just say, you know, my stomach sticks out by the end of the day. And I'll say, is there any gas, any discomfort, any pain? No. So really, it's the natural expansion of our stomach when we eat, and girls fear that. They might not eat. So they might tell you, I feel bloated, 
Um, but that's not the same as having digestive distress sometimes. So if you hear that terminology or if you hear, you know, your teen all of a sudden wanting to go vegan because she's bloated, uh, I would keep your ears open and just ask questions and follow your instincts if you think something's up. Yeah, definitely. Because like you said, it's just that natural ex- expansion when we mm-hmm. eat. And I think it does scare kids, mm-hmm. especially girls. Yeah. Um, and especially those that are in cheerleading or mm-hmm. dance or anything that mm-hmm. are they're wearing tight clothing because they yeah. feel like they're exposed yeah. and they don't have a perfect flat stomach. and mm. Or they go through puberty earlier than their friends. Right, right. And just having that open communication about, okay, well, how does this really make you feel? Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of taking it from there. Totally. Yeah, so, you know, disordered eating is such a big, heavy topic. And we really focused on healthy eating practices and how to open up the conversations with your kids and what to look out for. But again, you know, if you're concerned about disordered eating or if you want to call us and, and chat with us about, hey, you know, these are the signs I'm seeing in my teen. Uh, what do you think? Should she come in? You can always get on our website and reach out to us, nutritionawareness.com. You can reach out to Allie. She is our pediatric mm-hmm. specialist, so she's your girl. She's there for you for that. But I, I will say, you know, make sure your teen also wants to talk to a dietitian. Yeah. Um, so if she wants to talk to Allie or he wants to talk to Allie, then, yeah, have them feel us out because if your kid doesn't want to be here, then it's not going to be productive. Right. They have to independently make that choice and want to learn more because it doesn't do anyone good mm-hmm. because they won't be receptive to the, infi- to the information yeah. and, you know, they won't want to make necessary changes because they're just exactly. not there yet. They're in that pre-contemplation phase, totally. you know, they're not ready to make the changes yet and they need to be there for that. Yep, absolutely. And sometimes that just takes patience. Mm-hmm. Yep. So as we wrap up today, Allie, is there anything else you want to mention or share with listeners about you or healthy snacking for teens (laughs) or how they can reach out to you? Yeah, uh, feel free to go on the website and schedule an appointment with me. I'm I'm here to support you guys and I'm very excited to work with all of you and any of you teens out there, if you're listening, um, you know, get on your cell phone and, and reach out. I'm here. <laughs> she's trendy. She's cool. Yeah. <laughs> get on your, so get message on your me on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I was watching something today on whatever platform that, like, kids are not using Instagram anymore. Probably a great thing, but they're on TikTok, which we're not on TikTok yet. No, maybe, maybe we need to get there. We have a few <laughs> videos, I think. But we're on Instagram right now where a lot of our parents reach out to us. So a lot of our, like, 25 and, and older people. So we're at nutrition.awareness. So you can just send us a DM, send Allie a DM. Um, and happy to answer questions over there, too. Right, exactly. And if you think we should start a TikTok, screenshot this podcast episode. Yeah. And share it to your stories and tell us so we can see. And maybe if we get enough people, we'll start putting our videos on a different platform yeah perfect tiktok's so addicting i can't use it yeah i'll be on there for hours but it's okay we'll still do it (laughs) (laughs) all right guys we'll see you on the next episode we hope you enjoyed this episode of the nutrition awareness podcast and if you did find it helpful and want to share it with the whole world screenshot this episode and tag us on instagram in your stories at nutrition.awareness so we can connect with you To get notified about the next episode of Nutrition Awareness, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And to create your own personalized nutrition plan with 
us, be sure to schedule your virtual or in-person consultation on our website, www.orlandodietitian.com. Now get out there, fuel up, and live your healthiest life. We'll see you on the next episode.